welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danilo, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is Podcast 24. Today's podcast title is Humor and Stress, Why Laughter Really Is the Best Medicine. Dr. Jerry Seinfeld, Dr. James Gaffigan, Dr. Carol Burnett, Dr. Lucille Ball, Dr. Kristen Wig. Well, <laughs> these people don't really have medical degrees, but they should have. Why? Because they're healers. They all have something in common, the ability to make us laugh. My oldest son has that gift. I recently reminded him to never overlook that precious gift, to use it in all he does and not compartmentalize it or take it out only on occasion and never to hide it. It's a lens through which to look at life. On a recent family Zoom call, he had us all in stitches, doubled over with laughter. What an amazing gift. I hesitated to talk about humor on this podcast, given the serious impact of the pandemic on so many of us. But when I reviewed the data on the impact of laughter on stress relief, and the immune system, well, it's not silly or, or frivolous, it's chicken soup. We see many instances of humor and laughter in scripture as well. In fact, we could do a podcast on that alone. But what is it about humor that gets us? In the movie Blazing Saddles, when the Mel Brooks character and his shady scoundrels attempt to cover up their corruption, Mel says, Sheriff Bryant, innocent women and children being harmed? Gentlemen, we've got to protect our phony baloney jobs. Well, we sure get that. We see phony baloney every day in the news and all around us. And Mel exposes it and it cracks us up. Humor does that, exposes truths, and surprises us with contradictions. But before we really begin, let me start with a disclaimer. Sharing this topic is not meant to minimize or trivialize the seriousness of this pandemic, but only to provide you with information about thinking and acting. There is most certainly a time to grieve, to mourn, and to be sad. Laughter, such as we're describing here in this podcast, must never be used to cover up or deny trauma, grief, or sadness. Having said that, I consider laughter to be a gift I am thankful to God because laughter is a gift that serves a purpose. 
As noted in recent New York Times and Economist articles, laughter may help relieve stress, reduce blood pressure, and help people become more resilient, in addition to other potential benefits, all much needed given the state of the world. And boy, oh boy, are we stressed. Since the pandemic began, there's been a 66% increase in the number of people reporting that their mental health has been negatively affected due to the stress and worry caused by the coronavirus. More people also reported trouble sleeping or eating and increased alcohol consumption and worse. So now more than ever, we need strategies to deal with this increased stress. Whether you're guffawing at a sitcom on TV or amused by a newspaper cartoon, laughing does you good. And as I looked at this more closely, I kept coming across the word guffaw. I thought about the word. It means a real roar, a belly laugh. And according to the Mayo Clinic, when it comes to relieving stress, this is just what the doctor ordered. No kidding. Ask yourself, when was the last time you guffawed, had a real belly laugh? When was the last time you had fun? According to staff at the Mayo Clinic, a good sense of humor can't cure all ailments, but they note that the data is mounting about the positive effects and positive things that laughter can do, such as short-term effects that include the fact that a good laugh has great short-term effects. When you start to laugh, it doesn't just lighten your load mentally, it actually induces physical changes in your body. Laughter can stimulate many organs. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. Laughter can activate and relieve your stress response. A rollicking laugh fires up and then cools down your stress response, and it can increase and then decrease your heart rate and blood pressure. The result, a good relaxed feeling. Laughter can soothe tension and can also stimulate circulation and aid muscle relaxation, both of which can help reduce some of the physical symptoms of stress. And there are long-term effects. So laughter isn't only a quick pick-me-up, it's also good for you over the long-term. The long-term effects of laughter may improve your immune system. Negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity. By contrast, positive thoughts can actually release neuropeptides that help fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses. Here is where reframing our thoughts comes in handy. More on that later. And we've talked about reframing thoughts in our earlier podcasts. Take a look. 
Long-term effects include the relief of pain. Laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. Scientists are studying this closely. Long-term effects include an increase in personal satisfaction. Laughter can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people, something very important. It improves your mood. Many people experience depression, sometimes due to chronic illnesses. Laughter can help lessen your depression and anxiety and make you feel happier. You can improve your sense of humor. You can improve your sense of humor. Isn't that interesting? Are you afraid that you may have an under, underdeveloped or maybe even a non-existent sense of humor? No problem, humor can be learned. In fact, developing or refining your sense of humor may be easier than you think. Find a few simple items such as photos, greeting cards, comic strips, TV shows, or even people that make you laugh. Take notice of what makes you smile and what makes you laugh, when and where and who, all of that. Keep funny movies, books, magazines, or comedy videos on hand for when you need an added humor boost. Look online at joke websites. Some people respond more to visual humor than, than auditory humor, than jokes that they hear. And some people, in fact, like to see slapstick, like, like in the old days, they like to see someone get a pie in the face. And that was funny. <laughs> but whatever your uh, response to humor is, whatever your preference is, try to discover it. Now, some people really are limited here. People who might be on the spectrum uh, for uh, autism, the autism spectrum, it used to be called Asperger's syndrome. They have an inability to feel empathy, but they also have an inability to read between lines and get sarcasm or humor or satire. So they might be limited, um, in which case uh, you should be very sensitive to others in that case. But all in all, laugh and the world laughs with you. Find a way to laugh about your own situations and watch your stress begin to fade away. Even if it feels forced at first, practice laughing. It does your body good. Share a laugh. Make it a habit to spend time with friends who make you laugh. And then return the favor by sharing funny stories or jokes with those around you. Browse through a selection of joke books and add a few jokes to your list so that you can share them with friends. And please don't forget April Fool's Day. Everyone should plan accordingly for that. But also, know what isn't funny. I don't have to tell you that laughter at the expense of others is not funny. And that some forms of humor aren't appropriate. Use your best judgment to discern the difference. So let's move on. How do we use humor to manage stress? Clay Drinko, PhD, is an educator and an author. 
In an article in Psychology Today, Drinko, who, by the way, is a stand-up comic, has outlined strategies used by his stand-up comic friend, Andrew Tarvin. Tarvin identifies these strategies. He calls them the four R's of managing stress. His approach to using humor for managing stress centers on reject, reframe, relieve, and refresh. And it's a great model to think about how humor can be used strategically to manage stress during these unprecedented stressful times. Let's start with reject. The first thing we can do when trying to reduce and manage stress is to try to eliminate the stressors you can. Drew recommends making a list of the 10 things that are currently stressing you out the most and then seeing how you can maybe get rid of as many as you can. For example, you might be stressed out by your job, the news, a particular person, the pandemic, or a particular aspect of your job. Well, you might not be able to leave your workplace or avoid a particular person completely, but you could certainly watch less news, compartmentalize it, watch it only at a certain time of the day, you could put your phone away for a while and you can minimize time with the problem individual. Rejecting stressors may not be humorous, but it's a vital first step in stress management. And Drew says, eliminating stressful activities can be fun. Drew even suggests creating a to-don't list of all the things you should stop doing. His second uh, strategy is called reframe. Humor starts to come into play when we start reframing our stressors. You probably can't reject everything that causes you stress. You're an adult and there are certain things you have to do. That's when you can try to reframe them. This might mean you turn them into a game, make them more fun, or put a positive spin on them. If a positive spin exists at all, if there's a way to gamify or gain some perspective of what's stressing you out, do it. Remember Tom Sawyer? He was given the task of painting a fence. When he turned, into, when he turned it into a fun game, others joined in and they finished the job. That's a good example of gamify. Laugh at yourself. I, for one, have plenty of material for that. One time I was golfing and trying to hit a ball over what I considered to be a large body of water onto a green. Unbeknownst to me, there was an entire patio full of diners on the other side who were watching me. My first ball was like a circus act and it bounced off a, a tree and careened into the water. My second shot was also pretty theatrical. I was determined to get that ball onto the green. I didn't care about my score at that point. After three times, I succeeded. Well, the patio patrons broke into applause. <laughs> I was mortified as I realized that they saw this dog and pony show, but then I realized how funny it was. And so I took a bow and <laughs> we all laughed together. We all have embarrassing moments. 
We can feel badly about it or we can laugh at ourselves. We can choose. Funny thing about friends from way back, my friends from high school recently reminded me of something I did that was lost in my memory. They said, don't you remember this? You were in your car, Mariette, and accidentally took a wrong turn and drove right in line into a parade. You were in the parade then. I said, I don't remember that. What did I do? They said, you pretended you were in the parade and you waved to everyone as you passed by. I've had a number of embarrassing experiences, but I have to admit they've made me laugh and they sure keep you humble. Family and longtime friends will never let you get a big head. The third strategy that we're, that we're talking about is called relieve. It's the third of the four R's. After rejecting and reframing stressors, it's time to relieve stress. Because let's be honest, some things are legitimately bad and that's okay. Let them be bad, accept that. Just be sure to be intentional about relieving the stress that they cause. This might mean taking a walk, drawing a hot bubble bath, breathing exercises, meditating, or maybe watching 10 minutes of funny videos on YouTube. Drew recommends keeping a humor journal to keep track of things that add humor to your life. It doesn't matter if you're the life of the party or a wallflower. Most people have some kind of sense of humor, just like they have creativity. We just have to tap it. If you don't consider yourself a funny person, then Drew suggests being a humor curator. Collect and share things that make you laugh and add humor to your life to start relieving your stress. I've seen many funny and creative face masks and a friend of mine who gets comfort from the expertise of Dr. Anthony Fauci keeps a bobblehead doll of him on her desk. The fourth R, refresh. The final R is a little depressing in light of our current pandemic. It's to refresh. We used to be able to easily take vacations and let our stresses melt away and get a change of scenery. But an underlying sense of stress is following us everywhere we go now. Some are calling it COVID fatigue. Did I bring my mask? Am I far enough away from people? Can I fly? What about the variants? Do I have symptoms? When will we reach herd immunity? What then? What if? Sound familiar? We need a break. So instead of traveling right now, think about how you can take breaks to refresh yourself. Take staycations, travel the world via Google Maps, find a way to relax in your own home or community. And don't limit your breaks to just two weeks, a year, or even the weekend. Take a vacation every day. Build it into the day. Drew suggests what he calls Pomodoro technique, where you work for 25 minutes and then take a five minute break to do something relaxing or fun. Adding humor to that five minute break can give you even more of those physiologically distressing benefits and it can help you 
to stay out of the refrigerator. Humor, play, stories, games, and laughter are all gifts. They are effective ways to calm ourselves down, de-stress, and connect with others. Laughter is indeed the best medicine. So let's take this notion even further. Are you ready? Can smiling make you happier? Did you know that science has shown that the mere act of smiling can lift your mood, lower stress, boost your immune system, and possibly even prolong your life? Dr. Isha Gupta, a neurologist from IGEA Brain and Spine, explains a smile spurs a chemical reaction in the brain, releasing certain hormones, including dopamine and serotonin. Dopamine, he says, increases our feelings of happiness. Serotonin release is associated with reduced stress. Low levels of serotonin are associated with depression and aggression, says Dr. Gupa. Low levels of dopamine are also associated with depression. So guess what? You can fake it till you make it. That is, smiling can actually trick your brain into believing you're happy, which can then spur actual feelings of happiness. But it doesn't end there. ENT, Dr. Murray Grossman, points to the science of psychoneuroimmunology, and that is the study of how the brain is connected to the immune system. And he's contended that it has been repeatedly demonstrated that depression weakens the immune system. We know that. While happiness, on the other hand, has been shown to boost our body's resistance. So what's really cool is that just the physical act of smiling can make a difference in building your immunity, Grossman says. When you smile, the brain sees the muscle activity and assumes that humor is happening. In a sense, the brain is a sucker for a grin. It doesn't bother to sort out whether you're smiling because you're genuinely joyous or because you're just pretending. It can't see the difference. Even forcing a fake smile can legitimately reduce stress and lower your heart rate, according to Dr. Sivan Finkel. Of course, however, scientists have shown us the difference between genuine and fake smiles but they both do the same job of making us happy. Researchers at the University of Kansas published findings that smiling helps reduce the body's response to stress and lower heart rate in tense situations. Again, another study linked smiling to lower blood pressure, while yet another suggests that smiling leads to longevity. Smiling absolutely changes the way I think and feel, says Jamie Pfeffer, a success coach and meditation instructor. My husband and I purposely spend 60 seconds every morning smiling to supercharge our mood. It's part of our morning routine. If something goes awry during the day, I usually use smiling to quickly shift my mood. It only takes 10 to 15 seconds for it to make a difference for me now. It helps me to feel less stressed, transforms my mood quickly, and puts things in a different perspective. 
I guess this takes practice. And a smile, remember, is the universal language. It can help you to connect with others in a challenging world where people seem to be so polarized. A smile's contagion is so potent that we may even be able to catch one from ourselves. Some doctors recommend smiling at yourself in the mirror, an act that not only triggers her mirror neurons, but can also help calm us down and recenter if we're feeling low or anxious. Meditation and health specialists are beginning to recommend smiling to change mood and reduce stress. Of course, everyone needs their own time and duration, and this may take some practice, but you get the point. Smile power has an empirical basis of evidence. Wow. Go ahead and give it a try. Turn the corners of your mouth up into a smile and then give a laugh. And even if it feels a little forced, once you've had your chuckle, Take stock of how you're feeling. Are your muscles a little less tense? Do you feel more relaxed or buoyant? That is the natural wonder of laughing at work. Till next time. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey Podcast. I hope today's topic, humor and stress, why laughter really is the best medicine proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjvcenter.org. We are the St. Giovanni Center, and our mission is you 24-7.